Track 18. Hurst Lock, 1774. Small, but perfectly formed. If you take the steps up onto the stone abutment at the east end of the lock structure, you'll have a grandstand view of both the lock chamber and the stretch of the canal below. The lock gates point forward in a V. This way to Liverpool. The V-shape, pointy like a bishop's mitre, explains why these are called mitre gates. The weight of the water on the upstream side of the gates holds them firmly shut until the lock empties and the water level is, well, level again on both sides. A simple but brilliant idea from the mind of Leonardo da Vinci. The lock gate and the Mona Lisa. Art and engineering were once one and the same. Let's ponder that thought as we step back down to the towpath and begin our final leg downstream towards Saltaire. On the far side of the lock, you can see the stylish curve of the bywash structure, which allows excess water to flow smoothly downstream. Sometimes it's a trickle, sometimes it's a torrent. Strictly speaking, of course, there is no downstream in a canal. A canal is an elongated lake, not a flowing channel like a river. But every time a lock opens and closes, it releases water from the upper to the lower section of the cut. That downhill flow has to be fed from somewhere. And in the case of the Leeds-Liverpool Canal, there are twin reservoirs high in the Pennines, collecting and then steadily releasing water to east and west alike. It's a story that begins at the beginning. In 1766, long before Titus Salt has even been born. Bradford is a modest market town of some 4,000 people. It's July 2nd at the Sun Inn in the town centre, and a public meeting has been called by a local wool merchant, the aptly named John Hustler. He is seeking to find investors for a pie-in-the-sky notion called the Leeds to Liverpool Canal. Friends, I'd like to introduce you to Mr Longbottom of Halifax. He's an engineer with a scheme I think you should hear about. A scheme to build a navigation right across the country. Leeds already has a navigation to Hull and the North Sea. But just think of the possibilities for a trade route opening up all the way from Leeds to Liverpool. And one of the first stretches we'll cut will be the arm section that connects Bradford to Shipley, down the valley of the Bradford Beck. From our fair town, boats will be able to reach Keithley and Skipton, Burnley, Blackburn and Wigan. At just a fraction of the cost of road transport, just imagine how our wool industry could grow with an opportunity like that. 
Mr. Longbottom calculates a total distance to be cut of 109 miles. It'll be the longest canal in Britain. And with good labour, we should complete the entire navigation in about... Uh, 50 years' time. Bradford's investment in the Leeds to Liverpool Canal was a triumph of long-term thinking, if not of enlightened labour relations. As more and more sections of the canal were completed, Bradford's textile manufacturers could reach an ever wider market. In the 19th century, though, this new wool capital of the world faced a permanent headache in the shape of its vital transport link. To take a cargo boat along the three and a half miles of the Bradford Canal from Oppy Bridge down to Shipley Junction, you have to go through ten locks. Ten! Count them! Including three two-rises and a three-rise at Crag End. You've got boat after boat lining up at either end of these long bottlenecks, waiting to get in and out. I've had boats that have taken three days to get the three miles into town. Worse still was the issue of water quality. Unlike the Leeds to Liverpool with its Pennine reservoirs, Bradford had no ready source of water to replenish the canal short of draining water out of its own river, the Bradford Beck. The result was that both river and canal were frequently low on water, but filled with sewage and industrial effluent that were constantly being drained into them from Bradford's dense concentration of mills and houses. Filthy and highly flammable, the canal was described by the Bradford Observer as that seething cauldron of all impurity. In 1849, 406 people died in a cholera epidemic in the vicinity of the Bradford Canal, prompting an elongated legal argument about the appalling sanitation conditions. And by 1867, despite vociferous opposition from local mill owners, the Bradford Canal was closed altogether until a safer water supply could be engineered. It remained shut for five years. So when you hear about Sir Titus Salt and about how his benevolent concern for the well-being of his workers prompted him to move out of Bradford and establish Saltaire, well, that's part of the story for sure. But Salt was nothing if not an astute businessman. Is it mere coincidence that he began buying up land in this area in 1850, the year immediately after the canal-side cholera epidemic? Why trust your commercial future to an inefficient branch line that might get closed down as a public health risk if you can relocate to the main line? Attention all passengers aboard this boat. Here's a health warning before we start. Take a deep breath if you intend to sing Cause this song stinks 
Now the life of a bargeman's not cosy or easy But he doesn't get scurvy and he shouldn't get seasick With a boat for a home and a family for crew There's goods to be carried and plenty to do But there's one trip too far for a bargeman's morale That's taking a cargo on the Bradford Canal All the stink, all the smell You'll be forgiven for thinking it's hell All the stink, all the smell Steer well away from the Bradford Canal It's a navy-built section from Liverpool Leeds Making Bradford's connection to west and to east From Shipley Junction's just three and a half miles But with ten locks to tackle takes more than a while And once you've unloaded at Oppy Bridge End It's ten locks all over to get out again All the stink, all the smell You'll be forgiven for thinking it's hello, the stink, all the smell. Steer well away from the Bradford Canal. This brings us to the end of our Salts Waters tour. We hope you've enjoyed your walk. You have journeyed along a major river, two minor streams and a canal. Along the way, if you've come the whole way, you've encountered three aqueducts, two underground pipelines, two weirs, a sewage works and a former water mill. Not to mention numerous rainwater channels, a grassy floodplain, three locks, two dams, one broken, two boathouses, one now masquerading as a pub, and a single hillside spring that may or may not have been tainted. Welcome to the watery landscape of Saltaire. Now, haven't you earned yourself a drink? At solvent and dice from making a cloth Add human detritus tip neat into broth Which wafts all round windill when wind blows from west And spreads typhus and cholera to those who ingest The content's explosive, it might well ignite By Bradford Canal please No naked lights Oh the stink, oh the smell You'll be forgiven for thinking it's hell Oh, the stench, oh, the reek The odour will stick with you many a week Oh, the niff, oh, the pong We've just been singing the smelliest song Oh, the stink, oh, the smell Steer well away from the Bradford Canal The narration was written and read by Steve Bottoms. With additional voices by Rob Pickervance. And track guidelines by Emily Spowage. The music was by Eddie Lawler. Both songs used in this recording are available on Eddie's CD titled Bradford Canal and are used here with his permission. The sound design, recording and mixing are by John Tipler. This has been a project by Multi-Story Water.